Good afternoon. It's so good to see each of you back this evening. Uh, as I said this morning, I'm encouraged I was to see you all with us, our, our visitors that were here. Uh, especially mentioned that, that group of young men that were sitting with us. I mentioned them this morning. Now they're all gone. Moved to the back. Holly said I should learn from that and not mention her. She wouldn't be sitting with me anymore either. Uh, <laughs> I'm so encouraged by your all's presence. I'm so encouraged by each of you that have uh, chosen to be here with us. And what I hope to do this afternoon is to, to help us to take a message that Paul has given to the church in Thessalonica and make it a challenge for us. I told you this morning that we have seen some amazing growth in 2019. In 2019, we saw men step up to new challenges that they had not previously taken in their walk with the Lord. And in serving the church here and serving the congregation. Uh, we've seen people who are teaching classes and are presenting lessons and uh, leading and singing and doing things in the public worship that they had not done before. And we have seen, um, we've seen the congregation as a whole take a step closer towards serving outside of public worship and helping uh, with, with one another, with needs, helping those that are dealing with lost loved ones and, and even the work that is going on to help the, the shut-ins, to reach out to them and provide them with things that they might need. We've seen a lot of growth in the past year here. In the past year, we started an open discussion and a study about the leadership and elders and deacons. And, and in that, I, I can only believe that that will lead us closer to being organized, like we talked this morning, closer to what God desires for us here at Lake Street. We had several people in the last year enter into a relationship with God through the blood of Christ. Uh, Colton and Faith and Ryder, all of which made a decision to obey the Lord. We had several members of this congregation who came forward admitting that there were areas in their life that they would struggled with. Uh, revealing to us what we already knew about ourselves, that we're not perfect. And they requested help and showed a desire to recommit their lives to God and follow Him uh, more fully. Over and over again, I've, as I've pondered upon last year, I've just been reminded it has been a great year in 2019 for us at Lake Street. And that reminds me of what Paul was saying to the Thessalonians. He was saying, your relationship with God, marked by faith and hope and love, is commendable for others to follow. Your relationship with your brethren. He wrote to them saying, concerning brotherly love, I have no need to write. Paul had been commending the brethren in Thessalonica for their for their great growth, and he challenges them to excel still more. And so I hope to take that challenge for us into the year 2020 and call for us to try and strive for excellence and to excel more in our lives and our relationship with God. Maybe we'll look at that and say, is my relationship what it should be? Is my relationship what it could be? Is there more that I could do to draw near to Christ? What about my relationship with my brethren? How much time have I spent with them in 2019? Could I do more? Should I be doing more? How can I grow that in 2020? Or what about my relationship with the world? Am I being a light to a world that is, that is so full of sin? Am I guiding them away from the darkness that they are in and towards the love of God? How can I change that and make that more to the magnification of God in 2020. I want to build upon the things that we have already. The things that are lacking, I want to cause them to, to, be, to, to be constructed and started, but the things that are good, I want us to strive towards better uh, increase in those things. And there's a phrase that Paul uses, and it's not in 1 Thessalonians, and so our, our lesson is going to take us 
over to the book of Philippians tonight, and we're pretty much going to stay there for the entire lesson. There's another phrase that Paul uses, and excel still more is one that I just personally kind of enjoyed to think upon for the past several months. But in Philippians chapter 3, Paul calls on the Philippians to have an attitude like him and says in that verse, I press on. I want you to read that with me. First, uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained it, or have already become perfect, but I press on, so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What I hope for us to see in tonight's lesson are several aspects of what Paul talks about as he says this idea of pressing on. He's going to talk about the energy that he gives to this task. He's going to talk about his focus and he's going to talk about his goals. And going into this new year, as I've already said in past sermons, I hope that you make real and God-glorifying goals for yourself. Whether to, be, to get better at something that you already now do or to start something that you haven't done before. I hope you're standing right now at the beginning of this year and I hope somewhere in front of you is a platform. I hope somewhere in front of you is, is a, a, a marker of some sort, a goal that you hope to reach by the end of this year. Maybe it's having a better relationship with your brethren this year. Maybe that's that platform that you're hoping to, to, to find a way to, to get to in 2020. I think that's awesome. I want to help with that. Maybe it's being a better student of the Bible. Maybe there's, there's a book of the Bible that you say, I, just, I really want to make sure that I understand this book. I've, I've, I've neglected it in the past. Or maybe it's just Bible study in general. I want to be a better Bible student this year. I think that's great. Or maybe it's something else that's, that, that's different from, from what we typically think of. Maybe it's financially related. Maybe your goal for 2020 is to change your financial status so that you can finally shed maybe some of the debt that's been in your life so that you can use your money to better serve the Lord in the, in the coming years. Whatever it is, whatever your goal is, I hope that you make one or two or three. I wouldn't go too far because if you're like me, I make a whole laundry list of things that I feel like I need to fix and then I sit back and look at it and go, I can't do all that. So let's, let's limit it a little bit. But I hope you do set some goals for yourself and I hope you have the attitude of Paul that we just read about in this Philippian letter. An attitude that begins with showing how much energy it's going to take for us to reach these goals. When Paul talks about pressing on, he's giving us an idea of how much energy he's going to use. Now, right now, something that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to grow stronger. I'm trying to grow stronger by working out at the gym. And, you know, I thought I was doing a pretty good job because this time last year, I couldn't lift what I can lift today. And so I felt like, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I've, I've met some goals and I've set some goals and I've made them. I can lift more. But recently, I went and lifted with a friend. I'd never lifted with him before, but I'd always talked about it. Finally, I had an opportunity to go and sit together and, and, and work out together. And I'm pressing this weight off my chest, and, and he says something to me that really caught me off guard. He says, Kyle, you're not even trying. You're not even trying to lift that weight. Now, I had 
literally just finished the lift, and I felt like at any moment my head's going to explode. You know, the vessels are, are all bulging out. And I felt like, what do you mean I'm not trying? If I wasn't trying, that weight would still be on top of me. You'd be pulling it off of me and probably trying to resuscitate me. I was trying. But he was actually right. I hadn't been lifting with all my effort. I hadn't been giving it everything I had, partly because it's a little funny to watch somebody at the gym lift with everything they have. You ever been in a gym and you've seen it? You know the guys that I'm talking about. They're the ones in there. They get down to do their weights, and they're grunting really loud and even screaming, and, and you see spit flying out of their mouth as they push those weights up, and you look at that guy and go, that's a little embarrassing. That's a little much. But what those guys do is they, they lift really big weights. But what I've found by watching them is they also lift really little weights. And when they lift literally little weights, when they put that bar on there with almost no weight on it all, you know what they do? They grunt and they scream and spit flies out and their faces look blood red because the way you lift with the little weights is going to make a big difference in the way you lift with the big weights. And the energy we give to the small things in our life is going to make a big difference towards the energy that we give with the big things in our life as well. When we get back to our goals. Maybe our goal this year in 2020 is I want to be a better spouse. I want to be a better spouse for my loved one. Whether it be that I want to lead better in our, in our marriage, I want to submit better, I want to, to show more love and cherishment, I want to encourage my spouse better, whatever it is, how much energy am I going to give towards that? And is it only going to be towards really big outward change? Or am I going to give that same amount of energy towards every little detail that goes into making that goal possible? Paul says, I haven't obtained it. I haven't got there yet. I've got a goal. I've got somewhere I want to be, but I haven't made it yet. So I just kind of stumble and tiptoe around. It's not what he says. He says, I press on and I press on so as to make it my own. That's how the ESV renders it. I press on to make it mine. That implies effort. That implies that he's putting all of his effort into this goal. I have a purpose. I don't know what it's going to take for me to get there, but I know what I'm capable of giving, and that's what I'm going to give. I'm going to give my all. And Paul, if you notice, gave a reason for that. When we read through there, he gave a reason for why he presses on to make it his, or as the New American Standard says, why he presses on to lay hold of it. It's because I've been laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Jesus has made me his. And how did he do that? How did Christ lay hold of Paul? How did he lay hold of me and you? Maximum effort. He gave everything. He gave his all his life so that he could lay hold of us. And Paul says, because of what Christ has given for me, that effort, I'm going to give towards my goal. I'm going to give towards the goal that I've set in front of me that I'm pressing forwards to. And so in my goals, that platform, whatever it is that's in front of me, I go ahead and say, 2020, this year, that's where I want to be at the end of the year. This is where I am now, but that's where I'm going. That's where my heart is set on attaining for, for, for me to be at the end of this year, and I'm going to give everything to get from here to there. I'm going to give everything that I have because Christ has given everything to make it possible for me to even hope to do this. Now, undoubtedly, undoubtedly when we make that decision, undoubtedly when we begin to say, 
you know what, I've got things that I need to do better this year. I've got things that I want to work on. I want to start. Every time when that little voice in our head starts to speak up, what does it always seem to say? It seems to say, you know what, you've tried to make changes before in the past. Remember that one year you set that goal? Remember when you wanted to do this, when you wanted to do that? And what does it always constantly remind us? That little voice in the back of our head, it's saying, remember when you failed. Remember when you didn't meet your goals? Has anybody ever failed before? Is that, I really hope that's not just something that, that describes me. I hope that all of us can probably agree. Yeah, I, I can remember a time in my life, at least once, where I failed. If you're like me, I, I don't have to look back very far. But I want you to look to Paul's life. His life is marked by failure, tragic failure. And he doesn't mind telling that story either. We find him telling that story multiple times throughout the Bible of, of, of the, the moments in his life where he's got goals and his goals are just falling apart, trying to please God and doing the exact opposite of it, fighting against God. But what does he say here? What does he say here? Here he talks about where his focus is. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching to what lies ahead. Brethren, the voice that you hear when you start saying, this is what I'm going to be. This is the goal that I'm going to set. And the voice that pops up and says, you know, you'll never be able to understand the, the Bible the way you should. That's just that you're just not smart enough to understand that. You'll never be the spouse that you need to be. You'll never be the spouse that they deserve. You'll never be able to help that person come to understand the gospel. You'll never be able to bring them before the, to the Lord. That voice that, that whispers to you, that voice is the voice of Satan, brethren. And let me tell you right now, he's a liar. Why do we give him so much credit? When there is another voice that is calling out to us saying, I am your shepherd. Christ in John chapter 10, over and over again, describes him as the shepherd saying, I can lead you. In John chapter 14, he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I can be trusted. And even later on in this own letter that Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So why do we listen to anybody else? He can lead us. We can trust Him. Why are we giving credit to another voice? We have to get our focus right. That's what Paul's saying. One thing, I forget what lies behind. Now for like the Thessalonians, that would apply to them. They would need to forget the good that they have done. Now, not in the sense that it's just wiped off, it doesn't matter anymore. In fact, the good that they had done, Paul is using it to encourage them. So don't forget it like it never happened. And he tells them, don't rest on that. Forget it in the sense that you're done doing good. Forget what you've done and say, there's more for me to do. I'm ready to press on. I'm ready to go to the next level. But what about for failures? He says, forget those two. Have you given those to Christ? Have we given our failures to Christ? Were we washed in the blood of Christ through baptism? Have we been made pure through Him? Have we repented and have we confessed and brought our failures before the Lord knowing that He is just to forgive us? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 tells us. You see, when we give God our failures, He knows what to do with them. He can take care of that. We need to quit holding on to them. We need to quit focusing on them and instead get our focus right. We need to reach forward. We need to wake up every day remembering it's a new day. 
I've been blessed with this first breath of air on a new morning where I can rise up and I can do everything I can to try and magnify my God. And I'm going to reach forward. And I know that, yes, there's failures on my record. There is failures in my past, but that's not what I'm looking at. That's not where my focus lies. My focus lies ahead of me. My focus lies on my goal. Now, maybe your goal, maybe your goal is say is to be a better Bible student. Maybe that's your goal. I want to be a better Bible student or I want to be a better spouse in this year. Your goal is not your prize. That's another thing that Paul reminds us here. He says the prize in verse 14 is the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The call to heaven. The call that you answered when you obeyed the gospel. And we talked a few weeks ago, that call comes from Christ. And it is in Christ and Him alone. And so the things that we're talking about today, the things about being a better spouse and being a better Bible student, being, being, a better, uh, sp- being able to spend our time and our money more, more likely to glorify and honor God, these things that I'm talking about today, they don't make us more spiritual than somebody else. They don't make us more righteous, more, more better. That's, that's not even the right way to say that, is it? More better. They don't make us more Christian. Because Christ gave everything to make us who we are, and we're not going to make ourselves any better than what He has made us. So why do we set goals? It's because of what He's done. Because of what He has done. Because He has made heaven available to us. That's why we have goals. You see, we're not wandering anymore. We're not wandering aimlessly through our life. We're not stuck in slavery and and we're not stuck in sin. We've been freed and we're headed towards heaven, towards a promised land. And so we set goals to keep our eyes focused on that prize. Focused on the promised land. Now I want you to think back again as we did this morning to the Israelites. That's where that imagery comes from. They left Egypt. We talked about that. The angel of the Lord comes in, and this is a people that are soberly minded. They're dressed. They have their shoes on, their staff in their hand. I'm prepared for when God's coming into Egypt, and I'm being set free to go to the promised land. But what happened? They didn't forget what lied behind. Their focus was not on what lied ahead. And for so many of them, they never made it to their prize. They came close. Some might say they came almost all the way, but they never made it to their prize. The ones that did pressed on towards the goal, and the goal was wherever God was next. If you remember, at that time, they're they're following the tabernacle, and the Spirit of God would descend on the tabernacle, and as long as it was there, we're camping right here. If it's there a day, we're there a day. If it's there a year, we're there a year. But when it gets up and it moves, whether it moves a mile, whether it moves a hundred miles, That's what we're doing. We're following God. That's our goal. And we're going to keep moving towards wherever God is. Today, God is leading His people. We read from His Word. We learn about His will. And we strive. We press on toward the goal of being people who are imitating Christ. Being Christian. So that's what I hope in this year. That's what I hope in 2020, that you identify goals for you that will help you draw closer to Christ. And I guarantee all of us can have at least one. All of us can look at our lives and find something that either we have not been doing or maybe that we've been doing well that we want to take to the next level. 
And when we've identified that, brethren, let's forget our past successes. Let's forget our past failures. Let's keep our focus on the goal. Let's give that our energy. Why? Because Christ. Because Christ left heaven. He left the Father with a goal in mind. And He did everything the Father commanded Him. And He did it with all of His being. Everything He had, He did it with His very life. And this afternoon, if you're here and you've not responded to the gospel of that, the good news of Jesus' life that reminds us that before Him, we were lost in sin. Before Him, we were wandering. Before Him, we had no hope. But because of Him, we're free. Because of Him, we can inherit eternal life with the Father. If we haven't responded to that gospel, then it really doesn't matter the goals that we put in front of ourselves. We're wasting our time. Because as Paul would later say, Christ, with Christ, all things are possible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But without Christ, friends, I shudder to think what our life would be like without Christ. Come to Him today. Come to Him today and bring Him your sins and bring Him your broken life and be transformed by the power of His grace that teaches us to live godly in this world. Let's learn from it. Let's learn from His grace that teaches us. And as we learn, let's set goals for ourselves to try our best to imitate the Christ who died for us, our Savior, Jesus. Can we help you with that this afternoon? If so, won't you please come forward right now as we stand and sing.